with Richard Glover. And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC and Ultimate for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. With us is Tahir, Tommy Dean and Ange Lavoie-Pierre. Yay! Yay! Sounds better with the music. I know, it does, but I you haven't, know what? I haven't does got, it? Uh, maybe I we've just hit upon... Haven't got the music. We just we fooled ourselves for years. That's the whole reason I came. Yeah. Well, that's all right, Mama. That's all right, me. We've got music from the Sons of Sun show where they celebrate that fantastic music from 1954, 1955 from Memphis. John Kent. Kennedy, Murray Cook and Phil Hall are all in the studio. They're just warming up now to play for us live. That, but before all that, we need sorry, to check... Sorry, just to be clear, yeah, sorry. it's just one year? Well, he sells the rights to RCA for oh. Elvis. So Elvis is there in 54, 55, but by January 56, when you get uh, Jailhouse Rock, it's a record company of America. Okay, no, it's, it's a very specific... So it's a specific, specific time. time I mean... Celebrating I think, the music of June 1955 <laughs> yeah. to May 1956. Yeah. Well, my son's like that. My son Joe is like that. He likes a wide range of music, both 1954 and 55. Wow, that's good years. <laughs> I've got to go back and look into it. I'm very excited. Let me check you up with this week's news. Who is now biding his time when it comes to Australia? Well, this is the great American president, Joe Biden, who unfortunately... Due to uh, American debt ceiling concerns, mm-hmm. is no longer allowed to leave the country and make fun with the world of Australia. He is in a Republican-built prison, essentially. <laughs> it, well, the, uh, the debt ceiling is is physical. It's actually real. You, is that right? It's not a metaphor. It's actually kept over the airport where Air Force One is hangered, yeah. and they literally cannot fly out of there. That's airspace. a real tragedy, and no one really understands the true nature of this story, do they? No, no, we don't. People think it's a metaphor. It is not a metaphor. It is a literal seal. How much money do they owe, America? Uh, Like 12 bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Which is weird. You would think that they could just pass a hat. Tommy, it's more than that. Well, well, I say 12 bucks, but you know. I want to say it's... 12 trillion bucks? It's 4 trillion, I think, but I might be making it No, it's more than that. Is it? It's it's not like 100 trillion. It's 120 trillion. Maybe 4 trillion is the GDP, because it's like, anyway, whatever. It's 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 so much. It's so much that you can't, like, there's no, we have no concept that, no, it's like yeah. a weird, you need a newer trillion already sounds silly. Maybe something sillier. America is like a kabloobian. <laughs> <laughs> Seven kabloobians. It's unbelievable how and much the is, as, as every Australian knows, the interest rate's going up, so they owe so much money. So the rate of uh, that they have to pay out on interest is going up too. Yeah, but I like I don't. I, that's what, I think where it gets weirder from a person who owes money himself is when they're like, <laughs> "Well, look, we owe money. America owes money to someone or something." <laughs> I we owe so much. And you know what America does not do? It does not default on its debts. We are going to pay our debts by borrowing money. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. We've never defaulted because we always borrowed more and paid what we owe. Okay, so how's that different to what you do? I don't know how that... Who am I borrowing it from? <laughs> You're just flat out not paying it Under back. the old Robin yeah. Peter to pay Paul theorem. Yeah, I'm just but, not sure that Peter has any more money that Paul can have. <laughs> if America owes money and all these other countries, which country doesn't owe money? Like every country owes money to, to some someone. other country. Yeah, to some other country. There must be one country that owes nothing and has yeah. all the. It's, got, yeah, it's called, called, owes us. It's called Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought. I lo- that whole area there. I love the Chinese ambassador who said to criticize um, uh, because they they didn't bomb Darwin. Uh, and the, yeah. they criticise so, well, Australia. He, see, Biden's coming over for the Quad, right? Yeah. And the Quad is this meeting between Australia, India, yeah. Japan, again, against, and the US, against China. So they don't yeah. like the Quad. And they, they said, oh, you know, we, we didn't bomb uh, Darwin. Well, maybe if they did, they would have been part of it. 
They should have thought about it. So, like, so, um, and all these countries are getting together, like forming friendships, like a school group. Like, you know, yeah. oh, I, can, I can't be, I don't want to be friends with, like, I'm friends with China. Um, <laughs> what about Turkey? No, not until they change their government. Like, which they may do. I'm also, which they may do, of course. But mm. I'm also intrigued with this late night phone call. Mm. I love that. It don't was 4, other, 4.30 in the morning. They, well, woke, like, they who, woke up out does that? Does every leader just sleep with a giant phone next to their bed? And they know that it can go off any time. And who, who uh, is it? An aide? Is it their wife? Is it the partner? Does Jody come yeah. in and say, "Excuse me, you got to no, get the a dog, phone call." They, they put they put the call through the dog. <laughs> the, the, the the White House has a direct line to the dog. It's Toto, isn't it? Yeah, Toto. Albo's dog's Toto. So they ring Toto and they say, "Go and get him." <laughs> But what about when that phone call came, like, came through and um, Albanese just gets up and uh, Joe says, listen, fourth, listen, Joe Body's not, Joe Body's not coming. And he said, and the reason why they ring that early is he goes, okay, quick, immediately cancel the catering <laughs> and see so we can get our deposit back. <laughs> so you need time to rearrange stuff. That's yeah. why you have to, you yeah. can't wait till the morning because it's like 4.30, you might as well wait till 6.30 or yeah. 7 when yeah. he's up. But no, 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 you've got to get the phone call yeah. at 4.30. And, you know, but that's why Joe Biden made the call when he did because he needed to use the off-peak hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do I do love, uh, I mean, look, no, trying, to, trying to say, like for China to, to go, hey, look, I mean, at least we didn't bomb Darwin. Like Japan did. Yeah, like Japan did. It's just like, I really, I feel like we could all learn something. That's such fabulous PR, isn't it, to try (laughs) to take credit for things that you've not done. Like, well, I could have told you what I really think of your haircut, but I didn't. So, I, you know, I just, I don't know, I'm taking notes. But it's also saying, your your new friend, Japan, they weren't nice to you last time. Your new That's friend, right. Japan. It's like a school, school yeah, yard, like friendships, yeah. and they've got like US and UK and Australia, and the, you know, and yeah. there's always these. We're the new club, man. We're, we're the, we're, yeah, everybody wants to be friends with Australia. Is the quad new? Is that a new thing? Yeah, it's a new thing. Yeah, yeah, it's new. Although, I mean, is it really a quad when one person cancels and the whole thing yeah. goes down? Like, how are you going to feel if you're India or, or Japan in this? Like, can't we? I don't know. Well, Modi's still coming, though. Modi's still oh, coming. Oh, they're still coming. Yeah, still okay. Coming. See, well, I've, yeah. In a normal quad friendship. Modi, he's the Prime Minister of a country called India. Oh, Modi. Oh, so I think said Moby. And I was going, what? <laughs> yeah, Did they Modi. forget to cancel the music? Is that guy coming back? Did the quad have access to Moby? Only sold Moby's 20 not, he's you know, not too busy at the moment. He's actually, he's <laughs> taken bookings. But I mean, it makes sense to me, though, because the quad doesn't sound very formidable. Uh, the quad to me, the quad is where you know, the quad was in all American universities. Yeah. You know, that's the gathering but, space where you smoke cigarettes but this in is between the thing. classes. I, I think they're trying to dress it up because on the one hand, yes, as you say, Richard, it is like it's very much about like muscling up to China and being like, look how, look how close we all are. Look how friendly we all are. But... At the same time, there's like so they're trying to do do two things. They're trying to be like, look how close we are and muscle up, but at the same time, be like, no, no, nothing to see here. It's just a friendly get together and like not actually say with their mouths that it is about China. So calling it some <laughs> like making it sound like a fun place where you you know go to have cigarettes or tea or whatever mm. is a really good way to kind of slip that past the quadrangle. If you, if yeah, you stop turning up. Like eventually, you don't get invited. That's what that's what will happen. Like He's invited uh, Albert. When he rang up, though, he said, can't come to your mm. place, but tell you what, <laughs> I'm having a barbecue at my place mm. uh, in a while. Why don't you come over instead? Well, this, this, is, sorry, this actually is true. Exactly. Well, yeah. What about, what about uh, India and... Uh, uh, well, Modi's still Japan. coming, so that's all right. But and Japan, Japan's just celebrating the, <laughs> the fact that China didn't bomb us. We, <laughs> we need an alliance with China. Yeah. Australia, China. AC. Yeah. 
Acker. 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 Just get another country with DNA. Yeah. Acker, the, what, the about, Acker, what about Australia, China and California? The Acker. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. I Acker, like that. Yeah. I foresee no problems. <laughs> uh, to, here, Tommy Dean and Angela Vaupierre are here. We're going to have some live music in a while from the Sons of Sun show. They've just warmed up and are ready to go. Who wants to sell some air while in the air? Yeah, so Qantas is charging passengers, and like it's not heaps of money, but it's some money. It's like 30, uh, somewhere between 30, 60, you know, that kind of ballpark area to mm. make sure that the seat next to them is is empty. Mm. Um, so if you want to, if you want to, you, you can apply to have the seat next to you empty, yeah. but you've got to give them 60 bucks or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like, it's this, it's this, it's this trade off. Um, Whereas I, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm. I would never do that. I would never pay that money. Which makes me think that I might be the person that people are paying. Not <laughs> to sit next You're the problem, man. You're I, the problem. I think I'm the problem. I wonder if they identified that it would be you, whether they could charge more. <laughs> you, you stick yeah. your elbows out when you sit down. Do you? Uh, I'm more. I look. I. I. I it's thirty dollars it not so to nice. sit next to Tahir, <laughs> and sixty bucks not to sit next to yeah, Ange. Because well, here's the thing. I um. I don't. I don't ever want the seat next to me to be empty because then, like, who are you gonna, like, really? who are you gonna have a little sleep on? You know, like, then because <laughs> yeah. then you get a sore neck and you wake yeah. up and you're yeah. like, oh no, and that's just two days. You do, know, do, do you drool when you do that? Only if I'm very tired. <laughs> and I'm not right now, so it's be, be pretty yeah, safe. Yeah. But sometimes, yeah, you know, here's the here's the weird thing though. It can get that drooling. you pay this money to Qantas, but then if the plane fills up and they want to sell the seat after yeah, all, yeah. they just give you your money back, and so they've got your hopes up. You can't have it both yeah. ways. You can't yeah. have it both ways. That's the whole thing. I mean, look, there, there's no shame to the airlines anymore. Um, how would you feel if you paid and you get on the plane and then you see your whole row empty and the one behind you empty? Mm. You feel ripped off. It would have been empty anyway, right? Like, I mean, they've already got us, um, you know, weighing our bags, tagging them, doing all these other jobs. Now, like, there's, yeah. there's no end. It'll, Look, be, it'll be turned left, sir. You're flying the plane today. Well, <laughs> the moment to keep going. That's a good point. Seat is. Just keep going. Like, just charge for everything. Hey, you want to use a bathroom? Huh. Extra. Yeah. Or hold off. Uh, oxygen? Pet, bathroom, pit be a petty, oh. wouldn't it? <laughs> The oxygen, like yeah. in case of emergency, yeah, like yeah. you're going to pay if you, you charge you, a lot for that. I reckon, pay. I reckon that is the next frontier. They'll start putting like a pricing limit on yeah. like to- toilet trips or something. You but know the, what I mean? Like, but the oxygen would like if it's an emergency. If you paid up front, you get the hundred percent oxygen, <laughs> and then if you paid half the amount, fifty percent. If you pay nothing, you. You're flying Jetstar. Well, you just yeah. got to hold, hold your breath and hold on. Like just <laughs> it's a, um, reclining seats. That's a good one. So I reckon that's the next one. So if you want to recline your seat, you pay, but the money goes to the person behind you who you're reclining against. Which uh, reclining is one of my pet hates. Do you do you do you ask the person? Because I always I do I, look because I've made myself sound like a real jerk just now on 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 flights. <laughs> right? And I you know you know I do have my headphones up loud and sometimes I'll be like fussing with my bag or whatever. But but when, oh okay, I'll no, pay ninety dollars. <laughs> Not to sit next to it. It's an option. It's fun. We can raise some money for charity. Um, no, but I will always, because I think this is nice, because I would like to be treated this way, I will turn around. If I'm going to tip my seat back, if I'm going to, like, recline my seat, I will turn around and say, hey, hey, is it is this okay? Do you have enough room? That oh. softens a blow. It does. Uh, like, but my general rule is, like, if it's a, if it's a two- or three-hour flight, no reclining. 
Mm-hmm. It's not business. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, no, if, if it's longer than that, then we all recline together after the meal. <laughs> but what if you need <laughs> a little nap? What if you need a little nap? Just nap as you are. Yeah, lean, lean against Look, the bike next to you yeah. and crawl. Yeah. Um, someone, uh, one of our listeners says, uh, here's the deal, though. What's to stop Qantas from selling that one middle seat and charging both sides of it 30 bucks for the oh. same middle seat? Oh, oh that's inspired. Does, does this person... So from, That's a from, great from, point. This person a it's, from an, it's from an A. Joyce. I don't know. Well done, A. Joyce. That's brilliant. Tony, what do you think? Would you pay 30 bucks to... No, 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 I would not. I would not. I'm trying to get figure out a way that I can live a life where I never fly again. Uh, it is you, hopeless why, why? and hurtful and it's evil. Uh, what? There, there was a short time when flying was glamorous and we all celebrated the magic of engineering and the gloriousness of space. But now it was is a ruthless environmental <laughs> nightmare that is just mired in this financial grabbery. Uh, I've made this joke before, and I will make it again because we're talking about Qantas. Uh, they're getting to the point where they, you know, they had a plane that lost an engine in flight yes. when they were coming back from New Zealand. It made a very big point of saying planes are engineered to fly with only one engine, quite safely. <laughs> and so now they're going to start taking up a collection in the cabin. Do you want to use both engines? If you want to use both engines, we're going to have to pick up some cash. So we're coming through the cabin now. If you want that. If you want us to actually park at the terminal once we've landed, that's going to cost some more again. If we don't get at least $500, we're just going to let you out of here at the backfield. You can make your way to the airport on your own. How do you get around... Between cities. If you don't fly. Oh, lucky. sorry. How would you get to Perth? Oh, I've got a rocket pack. Oh, I, see. I don't know <laughs> if you know the people that make them, but it's like the segue of your own flying world. Yeah. yeah. It's totally safe. I don't, I just, I'm not saying I, I'm not. I'm just saying I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, because okay, of this. I'm with you. Okay. And no, and I don't, I don't think they'll ever stop. Mm. And we go to the, yeah. we go to the Wagga Comedy down. Festival in about two weeks or three weeks' time, so you're flying, man, whether you like it or not. Oh, I know. And, that, and the people, that, when they started making everybody take their bag on, we're going to charge you to take your luggage on, then everybody wants to bring their giant bag on the plane. And now it's a nightmare fight in the cabin against luggage and people and therapy dogs, <laughs> which never help put the <laughs> luggage up. Never once <laughs> have I seen a companion dog be a help with the overhead luggage. <laughs> this is the least they could do. So my, now I think about it, if you could guarantee it, that's, I think that's the horrible part of the story. If they could guarantee the empty seat, I might think real hard mm. about it. But to get your hopes up, I need yeah. to dash them. But I was flying in America, and they play the bus game. They don't even give you a seat. You know, they just... You what, just you, what do you mean? As you, you just, you line up. You're yeah. like, you have a line position. Uh-huh. So I'm in no first load. And everybody <laughs> just gets on like a bus and sits down where they want. And then the next load comes in, and the next, and eventually the guy's trying to be chirpy on the mic. Hey, everyone! All the aisles are taken, all the windows are taken. Why don't you grab one of those excellent middle seats and make a friend? <laughs> Come on, sit next to Edge. That's that, what I was that, doing. That you know, seat is still free. It's funny because then, of course, everybody has to do it. But I started trying a little social experiment where I'd get on in the first load, and like eight people would get down. They'd get their aisle and their window, and then I would just pop in the middle. Which is perfectly legal by the uh-huh. system, but they're like, there's all those aisles back there. Yeah. No, man, I want to sit right here with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're, yeah, I'm stealing. <laughs> Can I pay $30 yeah, to afford this? They would say. Uh, so here, Tommy Dean and Angela Vapier are here. Uh, just a final question from this week's news. Who might be following the Yellow Brick Road right into prison? Yes, this is. Uh, I, I love this movie, by the way. One of my all time favorites. But a, a man has been charged with the theft of. Uh, of a pair of ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland um, in The Wizard of Oz, worth about 3.5 million, they, they reckon. Mm-hmm. How, how do they even come to this sort of value anyway? 
Um, and what was he thinking? Like, what, like who was he going to show these slippers to? Because um, I, I love dumb crime so much. I actually did a show uh, in a festival a couple of years ago just uh, on dumb criminals. I love it so much because I'm thinking, okay, you've got these red slippers, you've stolen them. But Who you can't sh- show them to anyone. But if you do show them to someone, like if, you, if someone showed me, hey, these are the slippers worn by Judy Garland, I think they're fake. Yeah. Oh, I would mm-hmm. say they're fake. If they're not fake... Well, I've got even more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guy lives—the like, guy lives seven kilometers from the museum, yeah, so yeah, he can't. Just, yeah, I don't know that that puts him in. Nef- Does that make him guilty? Like, I think these are the easiest slippers in the world to steal. You just smash the display, put them on your feet, click your heels together three times. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fact that he lives so close tells us he might not be guilty. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, just can I give you some other examples of dumb criminal? Because I just love this yeah, uh, topic. Yeah. Um, there was a guy, a uh, Mexican guy, robbing a convenience store in South America. He's got a balaclava on, traditional robbing technique. Um, and he robs a guy. The guy's got his hands up. On the way out, uh, the, the man behind the counter says, you'll never get away with this. And then uh, the guy with the balaclava turns and says, nobody catches Jose Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> Is that and they real? looked him up and they, it was a guy. They actually caught him. Oh, yeah, these are all real. Research by myself. I would then, I would then <laughs> turn around and say that I had been framed. Because that would be a wonderful way to frame someone for them mm. to be like, you'll never yeah, get yeah, away yeah. with this. You'd be like, ah, oh, they'll never, you ne- no one ever catches Richard Glover and then scamper. You how, know? how about a guy in the UK whose his accusation was stealing coins from a poker machine and, and he gets bail and uh, how does he pay? In coins. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love dumb criminals so much. This is one well, of you my got, You got one more, one more to add to your list. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. TGIF. Now, new research says that people should radically slow down the speed at which they eat in order to cut down on weight gain. Apparently, the body needs time to tell you that you're, <laughs> that you're full. Experts now say you should chew every mouthful 20 times, put your knife and fork down for 20 seconds between mouthfuls and make the whole meal last 20 minutes. It's the 20-20-20 rule. Well, where did you develop your food eating habits and how do you propose to slow down in uh, acknowledgement of this mm. new advice I hear? Well, if you eat slower, of course you're going to lose weight because <laughs> it's going to be longer, well, shorter between meals. <laughs> like yeah, you, I could do the four hour rule, like four hours, four yeah. hours, four hours, yeah. and that's your whole day just eating. <laughs> and then you, you won't eat much at all, like you know, this theory. But my habits were developed when I was younger, growing up in Roselands, um, we just were always playing sport, touch footy, cricket, footy, whatever. And then mum would call us in, say, come on, dinner time. And we'd tell our mates, our Anglo friends, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be five minutes. Mm-hmm. So we'd rush in and they would be shocked. What do you mean five minutes? And we'd be there to scoff all the food down as quick as we can and just be back out there, right? And then what did you? What did your mother think of that? Oh, she didn't care as long as we ate. We just ate really fast and we just, we just left. <laughs> we just, and that's where our fast habits like develop. Like, like all, all my, my brothers are the same. And then conversely, when they went to dinner, that's oh, like my mum's called for dinner. Uh, well, how long are you going to be? Uh, 45 minutes. 45 minutes? I thought that included like preparation, cooking, cleaning. Like, <laughs> it'd always be tea too. Like, I always call it tea, which is always confusing for us. Why, yeah. why would you call dinner tea for? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was an um, English, it was, they, were, they, were, they were English, right? Not a well, yeah, I guess English. Yeah, yeah, tea. No, yeah, what the tea, heck? Yeah. Tea? I thought they were just poor or like so, <laughs> trying to save weight. Like, just, trying, <laughs> just a weird thing. Just sitting having a tea, tea bag. Yeah, yeah. tea. Like just, yeah. Uh, but see, so, yeah, the fast um, definitely like when we're growing up as kids, just uh, eating super fast so we can get back out there. Um, mm. get back do you think you can slow down now? Would you like to do the to have a go at the twenty? How can you like? Could you imagine putting a knife and fork down in between like? 
That's a bit too much in today's. <laughs> How about bit, chewing 20 that's times? A 20 times. No, right? Every bit you've got to chew 20 times. Just, <laughs> if you just count that like 20 times, like, that's, that's, that's a lot. I don't even chew gum 20 times. Like, <laughs> I reckon if you included sound effects like yours just now, Richard, it might slow, slow the whole process down. <laughs> 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 yeah. I would definitely put the knife and fork down. Tell me, yeah. tell me, how did you develop your. Because you had a, a number of siblings, I presume no, you had. We, you know, we, were, we were civilized people. Um, <laughs> you know, okay. We had conversations around the table. We passed things around. You know, you didn't have all your food at once. It was served family style. So you might, you know, I need the potatoes, please. And as I'm scooping out the potatoes, the biscuits have begun there around the gravy. Hey, you don't say it, it that way. You don't say it that way. You say, "What's your brother's name?" You say, "Well, Dennis." Well, Dennis, would you like the potatoes? And Dennis says, "Oh no, actually, I, I'm finished with them. Would you like them, Tommy?" That's the really? polite way to do it. No, we're like a lazy Susan. We're like more like a Can't sushi just say, train. Give of, us the potatoes. No, it just started. Whoever we all sat down in front of you, and we became like a sushi train. <laughs> so I would start the potatoes. You would get your biscuit. You would get your meat. You would get your vegetable, and then it would just rotate, rotate, rotate. So that would took some time. Then we had to resell everything in the middle of the table, and then you begin, and then you realize there was no butter. Then the butter has to go. Butter, 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 butter. Uh, then the salt <laughs> and pepper has to make its realm. Because <laughs> somebody, you know, somebody always separate it. They always should go together. Salt and pepper are together, not just the salt. Pass the salt and pepper all together. It would rotate around, and then Americans do the thing that we are often mocked about. And now I believe you will see the wisdom of our way. Uh, here, you keep your fork and knife in hand at all times, and you chop off a bite, and you have a bite, and you chop off a bite, and you have a bite, and it's constant motion, and that's why you're eating too fast. Americans chop, mm. chop, 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 chop. I have never realized, but. I do do that. It yeah. never occurred to me. I never put down the cutlery. Never put it down. Never so, Tommy, if you're right, and this is an, an anti-obesity campaign by Americans, <laughs> buddy, it's not working. No, no, I'm not saying it was anti-obesity. I'm just talking about civilised eating. Uh, it's also about what we choose to put on those plates that we're eating slowly. Uh, biscuits, potatoes, gravy, pretty much all the same thing in different states of liquidation. <laughs> But by cubs, putting cubs, the cubs. knife down, we've switched back to the fork, and you can take one thoughtful bite at a time. And also, don't remember, I mean, don't forget, this is America. Between each bite, the reason we don't keep both hands on the cutlery is because one hand has to be ready for the gun. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got to check over our shoulders after each bite. So that, you, you forget don't the want to 20, you do, do not. it the American style. Okay, but with the fork. Take a bite, you, look to your left, look to your right. But you're using the fork as a sh- in shovel style, aren't you? That's got to be a problem. Because you're not, you're not using the fork as we would use the fork to, to prong the two peas and put them in your mouth. You're using it like a shovel. Yeah. I love the shovel method. Well, well, shovel can, method is good. People are really hard on the yeah. shovel method. The but secret it's... is the potatoes. The potatoes is the binder. We don't need to stab individual peas <laughs> like some sort of weird lancing game. <laughs> you scoop up a pile of potatoes yeah. and you use that as the stick them for everything else. <laughs> and then bring that to your mouth. <laughs> is that, you can, can we have that sound effect? I'll give you serious. What you do, introduce caramel. You just put a thick caramel toffee in the middle of everything you serve. That'll make people chew slower. <laughs> That'll slow them down. And slow? Chad, where did you develop your eating tech? Uh, oh, look, I just, from deep within my soul, I just need, I just do everything <laughs> very fast. You know, you, you're talking about the 20-20-20 rule, which is not about obesity. It's about, like, good nutrition and digestion and all, of the, all that kind of thing. I have heard... 40 chews per mouthful before. I heard that someone gave 40. me that advice. Yeah. When I was like 19 or something, you know, some study or some research or whatever. And someone's like, yeah, did you know you meant to chew it 40 times before you swallow it? And then I gave up, you know, because I'd always been a fast eater. But I heard that news and I went, well, there's no hope and I'll, I'll just eat as fast as I like. I think the only time I ever went slowly was when 
I wanted to, like, I wanted to lord it over my little brother that I had food left when he uh, didn't. To torture and him. So, yeah, 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 to torture him. Yeah, because we're two <laughs> years apart. So oh, it's part this, of it, you know. this ice cream, delicious. <laughs> yeah, li- literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, so good, and that's a really good incentive. So I guess, you know, probably the only way that I would ever slow down is if I needed to get some sort of complicated vengeance on someone <laughs> in my life by and who was very hungry and I had, you know, I needed to have food when they didn't. That would be how I would slow down. Before 40 seems like, like, I, I tried 20. Like, like, you know what, I mean, just try it. Yeah. And then, don't, like, don't, don't you, number your shoes. No, no, no. There's my point. There's my point, Exactly. That's my point. I started counting. Lost, lost count about 12 or 13. It could have been concentrate because you know, it was something on TV or like, you know, you can't discount. And it doesn't even make sense if you're like, you're not even accounting for the wide variety of food. Like for fun, just put a mouthful of rice in, yeah. And then, if anything, just count how many times you chew and see if at any point you actually chewed rice. Because okay, so it just escapes between your teeth at all. Play. I don't think I've ever actually chewed. If you chew your food twenty times, by the time you're done chewing it, it is no longer enjoyable. It is. And I'm sorry, this is very graphic. Not long before people's dinner time, but it's sludge. Yeah. At that point, it's mush. It's, it's yeah. a structural nightmare. Like texturally, very unpleasant at that at that point. Things that should not be liquid are all of a sudden liquid, You're and then you've got to swallow trouble it. with heating. Like yeah. half a, halfway through a steak, it's cold. Mm. You know, you got to temperature. That's a good point. Fades. You can't. You can't. I'm not saying slam through it, but I'm. You know, with a little bit of thought. Just no, bring no, some thought to it. It's an American cutlery technique. Yeah, soup of the day. Good luck chewing that forty times. <laughs> Everybody clanking their spoons. <laughs> It makes no sense. Just trying to follow the rules. Thank God it's Friday with added sound effects. Tahir, Tommy Dean, and Angela Pierre are with us. Are you ready for the Wheel of Death, Tommy? Yeah, I feel uh, thank like you I'm to, dying already. Thank you to everyone who sent in their topics, which are woolly socks, clover, baboon, reins, as in uh, the horse reins, heresy, prawn cocktails, teddy bear, convoluted, bus stop, onion rings, sausage, hibiscus, trampoline, and houseplant. Which ones fill you full of fear? Tommy Trampolines. Dean. Always trampolines. Those things yeah. are dangerous, dangerous to everybody involved yeah. in the transaction. Yeah. Get a couple of people on them and it's a nightmare. It's even a setup. The setup. I've lost two friends. Yeah. Well, you're in. <laughs> just as a setup. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah well, you're in the hospital business. That's your main. Uh, well, that's handy. You know, sure. Yeah, I so. get extra money for referrals. Here but. we go. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Today's topic Come for on, Tommy did sausage. Oh, oh well. Sausage. Uh, let's, sausage. Let's chew through this slowly together, shall we? <laughs> let's see if we can get 40 bites of this perfect meat tube put together. Uh, I love sausage. I love that one word encounters infinite ideas. It is like the universe of meat. Sausage has no real meaning and no ending. It is man's greatest accomplishment. It is the idea that we could just take every little bit that we didn't know what to do with and by somehow putting it together inside a sock. And by sock, I, of course, mean animal intestine. (laughs) That's my favorite part. Let's just start there for a second at the formulation. We had a lot of things going on with chopped meat. The idea of keeping meat for a while was a very big problem in the early days. How do we preserve it? How do we keep it so we can eat during the winter? Sausage solves a lot of these problems. What Mm. do we keep it in? What do we keep it in? And I just want to be at the committee where one brave soul says, you know, we haven't really thought this through. (laughs) But one of the great philosophers said, sometimes an ending is a beginning. And I think that's how we need to treat the intestinal tract. Animals use it to send stuff out. But what if we send it right back in? (laughs) That's deep. That's deep. 
and smoked it for a couple hours and then put it on a roll outside of a hardware shop. Wouldn't that be good? And at first, people be like, what's a hardware shop? Oh, haven't I mentioned that yet? You're going to love that. <laughs> but. And I love how, I don't know how that happened either. How did onion stay out of it? You almost never get onion in a sausage. Onion is always on the side of a sausage. There's almost no sausage that isn't served with onion in some form. It's rarely inside. Somehow the onion escaped the ignimity. I can see the word in my head, but I can't pronounce it. Ignimoniousness of being inside the sausage. <laughs> like haggis is a pretend. Haggis is a debacle. Yeah. Haggis is... is it, well, it's, it's just, we didn't think it all the way through. They had the yeah. right idea. Yeah. Let's put a bunch of scrappy stuff inside an animal part, but they got too high up. <laughs> that was their mistake. Like, don't put it in the stomach. They had the idea. They should have put it in the in the stomach casing and then squeeze, squeeze, squeezed it down. That should have been the early fill of the animal. And I would love the idea of an animal that was made to make sausage while. Oh no, no I take it. Back. <laughs> okay, I got a little out of hand there. I apologize. I know that we're still before seven o'clock and children are listening. Take that back. Um, but I love that it goes with everything. Every culture has a sausage. There is no culture that doesn't have its own sausage. The boar, the Kransky, the 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 Sujuk. Italian, the mm. Italian. Who's that? I don't can't remember who loves that one. Um, the Italian sausage. Who loves that? The Italians. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> Italy. <laughs> Italy loves and the no Italian sausage. Yeah. Did you know that the Italian sausage in Italy is called sausage? Hmm. Some of them are not good though. The the, <laughs> the German one is the worst. <laughs> oh, the worst. <laughs> I think the worst one is uh, the Amer- America's, you know, of course, the defiler of all things. Uh, we don't have any good sausage. Um, we kind of, you know, we, 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 the hot dog. The hot dog is us clearly overprocessing, losing our way, and it's no good. Uh, breakfast sausage, maybe, maybe, but then, you know, we got squeamish. We could put it in casing. You can buy breakfast sausage. It's just basically spiced mints. And we're lying by calling it sausage. Uh, if you ever get a sausage biscuit at McDonald's, that's the lie. That is the lie in patty form. <laughs> <laughs> There's no sausage patty. It should always be tubular like the intestine it was meant to be inside. Well done. It is man's greatest accomplishment, and I will never not eat it. And that? And oh, I should also point out, because I will never not eat it, I am in a lovely bit of poetic turnaround going in for a colonoscopy next week <laughs> <laughs> to see if I have any sausage in my sausage factory. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. Does he live? <laughs> I don't know. No, Until the died. test results come out. <laughs> no, he lived, that was one of the most informative ones, yeah. Tommy. But thank Temporarily, you. he lives. Yeah, we live in the sauce age. <laughs> All right. What a yeah. time to be alive. <laughs> come on, Richard. That was your line, Richard. Come on. The mystery bags. The, the, the pun was yeah. there for you. Yeah. Mystery bags, are the, well, that's what the Australian expression is. Mystery bags, you don't know what you goes in there. You don't know. Yeah, that's you don't know. Sometimes people wonder why butchers are the most, they really are the happiest people. You go into mm. a butcher shop, they're happier than the travel agent, they're happier than yeah, the yeah. green road. They're happy because only they know what's in the sausages. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they're so, that's why, that's why they're all grinning. They come yeah. back again. They just know. And uh, now, the um, uh, news of, of this week, uh, it's Fashion Week, of course, and fashion journalists are, are working over time using all sorts of fancy metaphors and adjectives to describe the stunning outcome. Outfits coming down the runway. So if a fashion writer were to describe your personal style, what phrases might they employ to capture your particular look? Angela Lavoie-Pierre. All 
Here's the thing. I I wear literally the same thing every day. I've got like duplicates uh, of these of these jeans. I've got duplicates of this t-shirt and I only have one of these this jumper, but I just don't wash it very often. And that's my look and I never change it and it's fantastic. And so I think, I guess maybe, you know, I think some people, and it's also always black. And so I think my look is, you know, they, if were they to try, maybe they would say that I look depressed, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. And You look like um, a black sausage. I like black sausage. And the other, I actually graduated, I crossed this threshold recently uh, where I, I I achieved something I've never, I felt like I'd unlocked a new level. A friend described me as having a, a divorced vibe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really enjoy. Someone has never been married, right? No, I've That's never good. been married. I've never been married. And, you know, I think there's a couple of ways to take it. Like I, I chose to take it as a compliment, you know, that maybe I seem as if I've made uh, difficult but, uh, you know, ultimately correct decisions mm-hmm. um, to prioritise my own happiness or maybe... I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe they were trying to, because I do only have one outfit and so maybe what they were trying to say is it seems like maybe I've been rinsed by lawyers recently. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Not, not enough left to buy not, some colour. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just we're on a budget. It's you know? harsh though. It feels like if, you know, if I were to bring some you know, fashion poetry to it, I'd be like, you know, she sort of exists in the shadow of Peter Pan. She is Peter Pan's <laughs> shadow waiting to be stitched back on her eternal childlike nature. Mm. Existing behind one of the greats, Tahir. If, uh, if if the fashion writers were to take on you yeah, as the task, yeah. what would they? How would how would they well, do it? Well, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, girls, welcome to Fashion Week, and this week's this year's special guest, Tahir, stand-up comedian. Tahir's, of course, the arch enemy of beauty and style. Uh, here comes Tahir down the runway as a child, always sporting gear, including footy shorts underneath his jeans. True story, by the way. Uh, barely just, digested dinner in his hands. Barely <laughs> just in case a game of football breaker. Tony, during his university days, ah, yes, you can clearly see nothing much has changed. A whole bunch of tracksuits, all in different colours. And next up, Tahir's a teacher, and this is where we see the first signs of a collar. Yes, a collar. Tahir's a comedian coming down the runway. Have a look at the fashion choice of a stand-up comedian. Match any T-shirt with any pants with any colour. Wow, (laughs) an industry with no fashion and no rules. Look at Exhibit A coming down after Tahir. Perfectly demonstrated this Tommy Dean. Oh, we all know Tommy's fashion uh, rule. Everything goes with jeans. Um, it does. And, it, <laughs> and ladies, have a look at this. Tahir's a dad. Oh, he's really let himself go. Basically giving up, some might say. Cargo pants. Cargo pants. That's right. Cargo pants every single day with a dozen pockets he never wears. Look at his top. T-shirts from the 80s and 90s, which he thinks are hilarious. And have a look sometimes. Pajamas all day. And it's gone a full circle and back to tracksuits and hoodies as I'm wearing right now. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's a good look, isn't it? <laughs> Tommy, how would the uh, fashionistas describe your look? Uh, as much as uh, Ty here pointed out, the <laughs> timeless, the timeless perfection. <laughs> it is that fun. is the fashion of Tommy Dean. Uh, stuck in a glory realm back in 1987 when everything <laughs> fused in his mind fashionly. Are jeans never not the right choice for pants? No, they are always the right choice for pants. Does he always have a long sleeve T-shirt on underneath a short sleeve amusing T-shirt? Yes, because layers are smart and practical for one who never knows what temperature they may find themselves in. And who doesn't enjoy thinking a little bit outside the box when it comes to reading someone's T-shirt? And oh, where does he put all of the stuff? In his pockets, making those timeless jeans bulge? No, he wears the fashion bag. Many people mistakenly refer to it as a bum bag or a fanny pack, but it is, as we know here during Fashion Week, 
a fashion bag where a man puts all things he may need right above what he needs. <laughs> is he going to ever come back, the, the man bag? It's never left. <laughs> the bum bag is back, I have to tell you. It's totally back. To- Tommy's yeah. never let I've go. never let go. Oh. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you see men all the time struggling with wallets and keys and life and never yeah. knowing what's going on. And that's what I, you know why I believe the divorce rate is so high? Because hmm. men can't find shit. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, well, if they could find stuff. If they just knew it, it's yeah. just that extra tension yeah. they have in their life. They have yeah. a lot of stuff to deal with. And they're saying they can't find their keys. They don't know what the change is. They're like, guys, like, hey, that's five bucks for the coffee. He's like, hold on, where's my card? Where's my change? Where's my cash? Where's my keys? And they say, oh, just all that stresses out. And he gets home and he's all like, shut up, woman. And then boom. Yeah. Out of the house. Yeah. But man, I'm like always like, oh no, how are we going to get in the house? I've got my keys right here in my bum bag. Yeah. How are you going to pay for that lovely romantic dinner for two? Ooh, with my card. was right here in my bum bag. <laughs> Do you remember where the car is parked? Yes, because my iPhone is right here. Yeah. And then no woman would have to face the indignity of being called a divorcee. Like That's Ange. What I'm, saying. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Particularly after that speech. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Um, as mentioned, we have uh, f- uh, w- uh, five double passes to give away to various parts of the South Coast uh, Illawarra Milton uh, Story Fest. It's coming up. Uh, well, TJF is on June 16. It, it is sold out, but we have got two uh, double passes, uh, two uh, a double pass to that. We also have passes to some of the other great events, including Inga Simpson, Kirk Docker, Marcus Suzak, Pip Williams, etc. Here's my question based on a bit of information I gave you before. Uh, we know who the panellists are for Thank God it's Friday at uh, Storyfest Illawarra and uh, and South Coast. But who is performing the music for Thank God It's Friday? It's a local artist. What's his name? If you know, one 702 First in best dress to win the tickets to TJF and the other double passes up for grabs. one 702 Who's the local musical artist? My question to win the tickets is... What's your favorite sausage? <laughs> and then we'll judge. They call up and tell them, oh, my favorite sausage is chicken and feta. Shut up. You're wrong. That's stupid. You're wrong. You know what <laughs> No ticket for you. <laughs> Who are the winners and losers of the week? I hear. My winner is all the people that come to my Sydney Comedy Festival show on my tomorrow night, Sydney Comedy Store, the proper way to be an immigrant. And the loser, I'm sick and tired of this term inflation. I don't understand it. It's going up. It's going down. I, I really don't understand. Just say it's going down. Mm. Just, just pretend it's going down. That's Your deflation. loser is inflation? Yeah, the loser yeah. is inflation. <laughs> inflation, you loser? Just take a positive attitude and claim it's going down and then everyone will believe it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and then they'll stop buying things because they'll think, I won't buy a washing machine now because it'll be cheaper in two weeks. So the, the, uh, the, the demand for washing machines will go down. That will mean they'll have to lower the price and you'll be right in the end. That's it. It uh, will actually work. Exactly. Like, it will actually work. Just trick people. Winners and losers, Ange Lovewell, Pierre, whose show Your Mother Chucks Rocks and Shells plays tomorrow and on Sunday at the Factory Theatre as part of the Sydney Comedy Festival. Who were your winners and losers? My winners are the four female platypi. Is that the plural? Anyway, they've been... Platypuses is correct. Okay, mm. like octopuses. All right. Oh, they're um, octopi. We, no, because they're, <laughs> it's this Greek, not Latin or something. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. Well, the platypuses have been released back into uh, the Royal National Park, uh, New Sydney, of course, and they haven't been there since 1970, thanks to a chemical spill nearby at the time, but the, they're back. Um, or the, the, the women are forward party and then the blokes are joining them um, about five days later. It's a Taronga Zoo program. So Do nice. they have a man bag? Because if they don't, they'll leave. I know, I know. It's going to be it's going to be a really vexed re-, re... Well, as we discussed last week, uh, platypuses are killers, so my loser is people who visit the Royal National are about to be murdered. Yeah, yeah. Four murderers have just been let loose <laughs> in the park 
Be careful. Be on the lookout. They will kill you with their venom. They will kill you. Take a sausage with you and see if you can tempt them <laughs> no, to save it. Uh, thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday, of course. And please thank this week's team, Tahir, Tommy Dean and Ange Lavoie-Pierre. We've got the sting! Yeah! <laughs> Good. Next week we'll be live from the Sydney Writers Festival at the Parramatta Riverside. That one has sold out. Colin Buchanan, Tommy Dean, Gene Kitson and music from Alex Lloyd. Until then, I'm Richard Glover and thank God it's Friday. Ooh. Point Perpendicular is a funny name. <laughs>